Hello and welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. Today, I'm really excited to sit down with Mary Berg. She is a seasoned life coach. I met her through my sister, Kelly, and uh, she's very well-rounded and well-respected within the field of life coaching. She is here to tell us her family of origin story, her life's path with regard to career, And also, I was fascinated by the fact that Mary has worked for a number of years with horses. She has brought them into her coaching, and she has gotten to know these animals up close and personal. So she shares with us stories about the horses, the intelligence and soul um, that these animals just embody. So I hope that you love the episode as much as I did. I learned a lot about her equine work, and there's just a lot here for all of us. Uh, Please join me in welcoming Mary, and here we go. Hey there, welcome to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. I started this show to highlight the intuitives, healers, and other courageous women that I've met along my journey and continue to meet. Through amazing interviews, I seek to ask insightful questions to uncover ways in which you, the listener, can apply the wisdom and knowledge to your own life. I believe that we're all in this together, so sharing healing and joy and bringing community together is both my passion and purpose. If you'd like to learn more about the Mystical Sisterhood community I'm building, please visit www.mysticalsisterhood.com. See you in the episode. Hey, welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is Maureen Spielman, your host. Um, I'm back today with Mary Berg. I don't even have a bio to read on Mary because I know her fairly well, I'd say. Um, Mary, I met you through my sister, Kelly Sanders, and uh, the two of you live out in Denver. And I, I think one morning when I was visiting Kelly a few years back, I had a curiosity about you. And so Kelly put together, it was like a 6am coffee and we met back by her fire pit. And it was just a lovely morning, Mm -hmm. uh, a couple hours, just a juicy conversation right off the bat. And then I went and did, I I may have been doing at the time, my coach training, but when I finished, um, I just want to welcome you as a seasoned life coach. And um, there's other reasons you're here today, but I hired you um, to guide me through the process of setting up my business and, um, worked with you for quite a few months to really dig deep, dive deep because I was taking it so seriously. I didn't want to leave many stones unturned in that process, but I'll say thank you today Mm -hmm. for helping me launch, um, my career in coaching and where I find myself today. Wow. Well, thank you. And what a wonderful gift it's been to just be able to be with you on that journey. And uh, that was a wonderful morning. And you and Kelly have such an amazing sisterhood that it it seems fitting that that's how we met. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I also, Maureen, just want to thank you for creating the Mystical Sisterhood. I feel like it's um, all these people that you've invited to the table have come together and it's like we're at a party solving a giant jigsaw puzzle (laughs) and only it's not one of those jigsaw puzzles where you can start with the flat edge and start to build the boundaries and then everything fill in it's like this infinite jigsaw puzzle of the mysteries of the universe and it expands to infinity in every direction and in multi-dimensions and we're all just coming and saying here are some pieces that I have and that I could share, you know, and I don't know if it's true or not, but this is what I've experienced. This is what I think might be true. And just all building this picture together. And it's just such a delightful. Oh my gosh. Thank you for the the visual, the vision of that. And it's true because it's pulling in, everybody has their different kind of specialty, their experiences, what, like you're saying, what, they're bringing in and it feels like it 
it's as I've watched it grow, it's pulling in some mystic, it's it's pulling in uh, healing, then it's got the application to our lives, whether it's in parenting or, you know, all these different uncovering of the spaces that we can actually use these tools. Like it's, mm-hmm. and I was saying to you before we started, I rarely... I rarely record two in one day and I met with um, a yoga instructor this morning, but that's what was coming together in my mind. Because as I go through the process of this podcast, um, bringing it into the world, I, I don't see a lot before it happens. I almost Mm -hmm. am as it occurs, it's coming together and then I'll see. And it's, it's so similar to the puzzle pieces that you're saying. And I was just um, saying to Betsy, who I interviewed this morning, that it is, by by bringing in people to talk about the different ways they not only use it in your life or use it in their life but maybe also teach it in their life mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it could be just utilize it in their life but the more times we hear it it yeah. allows it to go deeper into one maybe one particular person or just it's just amplified in different ways or yes. it, it's just it's like a ping that goes out into the universe and it's sometimes it gets absorbed. I mean, I know that you're yeah. a big study of the universe and energy and all of that. So, and well, and you know, the other thing that I think is so valuable about what you're doing is that, and you and I have talked about this many times before, that there may be hundreds of people out there who are delivering essentially the same message, but for each one of us, there's one voice that we can, you know, that we'll, we'll really hear the message. And so you bringing all these voices makes it, it that much more available to everybody, all of us out here to, to come in contact with the voice that resonates in our being and really gets the message across. So it's just lovely. Yeah. I love that. I love it. It makes me think of well, I'm thinking already thinking of a question like, have you found that in your business? But it's really your business and life that for you, if we're just focused on you, that that message or that that friendship or that that it it just it gets to the right people. Mm-hmm. They come to you. And I know you're a big believer in the trust of the universe. Is that? Yes. I feel like that's one of the principles you kind of live by. It is. And, you know, it's also something that comes up in my work with clients a lot. And again, it's something that you and I talked about a lot that um, when when people are starting their own businesses, especially entrepreneurs, and they're they're thinking about how to market. And, you know, one of the things I, I always encourage people is to speak your own voice because there's someone out there who's looking for the Maureen channel, they're dialing their radio and it's all static until they hit Maureen's voice. And those are your ideal clients. Your ideal clients are going to resonate with your message. You don't have to worry about how to find them. They're looking for you. And when they hear your message in your authentic voice, they'll be there. And, and, and I, absolutely trust that. And I've seen it time and time and time again, that I, it's no longer a leap of faith. It's just something I know. Right. <laughs> right. It feels like vibration. Yeah. An energetic it is. vibration. It is. Yes. I really truly believe that. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I, we had set out questions. We're going to, today I'll say to the listeners, we're going to touch upon a bit of Mary's background and and coaching and just life principles that, but also go into your work with the horses and equine um, therapy. I don't know if that's right therapy, but just for the listener, we're going to, we're going to dance in both areas today. And they're both really fascinating to me. Um, Before we, when we met last week, we talked about touching upon that, that truth that you grew up with, I I think you called it metaphysical healers around you. Mm -hmm. And would you say a bit more about that? Sure. Um, And actually, I was listening to the podcast that you did with Dina Wiggins, and Mm -hmm. I loved her phrase about um, rearview mirror wisdom, because I've I've lived for a long time with this question. um, If I chose this life, if I chose 
my family? What was it that I was seeking? Why did I choose them and, and this life? And, you know, it's only really through the decades being able to look back on the decades and what my choices were, what my influences were and how it all fits together and makes perfect sense and, and led me to finding my path, my purpose. And, um, and it, it did, I, I really do believe that if I, if I chose my family and I think I did, um, (laughs) it was because it was, um, a family of generations of, um, just very powerful, um, masterful, spiritual, metaphysical healers. Wow. And um, especially my dad and probably the most influential person in my life was my great aunt, Grace. Um, She was probably my best friend growing up. I was the youngest in the family. And so when I was growing up, everybody else was off at school. My mom had gone back to work. My dad was already working. And so I spent a lot of time alone. And we we had three generations in our household. And Aunt Grace was sort of my caretaker. And so I spent hours and hours and hours with her. And she was just an amazing um, spiritual healer. And so, you know, so much of what I still believe today, I really learned from from her in terms of um, learning about the divine, giving me a a definition of the divine that truly resonates with me, which is that, um, you know, the, the universe, the divine God, however you want to refer to it is, is loving Mm -hmm. and forgiving and um, for us. And, that we are in fact a reflection of that. We are divine and we are powerful creators. And the other thing so ironic to me all these many years later was how powerful our thoughts are. This is what my parents and she taught me is that our thoughts and beliefs that then are manifested in our actions create our reality. And that we need to I, I, they probably would have said guard our thoughts, not in a hypervigilant way, but in being aware of what our thoughts are yeah. and not attaching to and believing everything we think. Yeah. Wow. And really cultivating um, an, an awareness of our thoughts because um, they really do create our reality and we get to choose our thoughts and that choice you know, is also so foundational to coaching. So it's just, Mm -hmm. as I look back, it's ironic and wonderful that this was sort of my grounding in life from the time I can remember. It's astounding. It's I I'm sitting here, you know, (laughs) I knew some of this. I don't think I've ever known about your aunt grace. Um, It's super impactful. I don't think that many people can say that. And so the the fact that that became your foundation and it ended up being really the foundation yeah. of your life's work is incredible. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's amazing. So I and love you that. can only really see that in the rear view, like Dina said. You know, I wasn't aware of it sure. at the time. It was just mm-hmm. my life. It was just my environment was the water that I swam in, mm-hmm. and and it, you know, fast forward forty years and the lineage of coach training that I was in is saying we're all divine beings and our thoughts create our reality. And, Mm -hmm. uh, it was like, wow, okay. This is like a homecoming. Yes. I imagine. I know. Cause, uh, you had spent years. That's one of the things I was wondering if you would talk about today, but you had spent years in the ecology field Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, how many years did you spend in that? And did you find were there were there qualities of this coming through um even in that work yeah in fact um it's another sort of pattern that i see in my path was starting with the mes- metaphysical and then going to the world of science mm-hmm. and um i worked in that field for 30 years 20 years in my career in ecology and at the department of ecology uh in the state of washington but um 
And so many people in my world wanted to make it either or. You either believe in science and you live by science or you are a spiritual person and that's your truth. And the thing is, I never saw that as a dichotomy. And in fact, and I love science. Mm -hmm. And to me, um, science has a, a very particular function. And it's to it's a gatekeeper. It says we're only going to admit as fact those things that we can measure and test and prove before we allow it into, you know, this little fenced in area that we say is is (laughs) is fact. Truth. And so many people want to say that until it's proven, it's not real. It's woo woo. It's whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, think about it. 20 or 30 years ago acupuncture was on the woo-woo fringe. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, right. Yeah. Meridians, chakras. Right. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Well, now insurance companies pay for it. That's amazing. And and it's just because, you know, science only goes as far as our technology and our ability to measure our environment. And so just because we can't yet measure it, there was a time when we couldn't, when we didn't have microscopes and we couldn't see microbes and um, that we couldn't prove, but people believe people had intuitions and, and really it's, it's intuition, it's thought where science begins. Someone has an idea. They think this seems like, Uh and that's where hypotheses are generated and that's what you test. And, you know, and depending on how the test comes out, then you either admit Mm -hmm. it as, as a fact or not, but it's really through, the unseen that we bring things into the realm of science. And so I've, I really see the oneness between metaphysics and, and physics and the universal truths that kind of, that underlie both. I mean, you, you know, people, again, you know, people think it's woo-woo to talk about everything is energy, but actually, if you look at science, everything is energy. Everything, right. everything is atoms. It's a, it's all electricity. It's positive yes. and, and negative charges. And so, so yeah. Know, I, so maybe that's not so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, to me, it's like, what's the argument, you know? It's well, like, and two, when you talk about, well, first of all, thank you for that all and that <laughs> connection of, wow, it starts with intuition or it's out. So, it, it, uh, can start with a little ping from the universe and yeah. that, that, that thing that we call science too, does go alongside facts and what we learn in school and like all these mm-hmm. things being truth or, you know, for like social studies, yes, we can say that those events happened. Right. So, mm-hmm. so they're truth. And I see, I think we still see a lot of conditioning and people in that realm where it literally feels scary. It feels mm-hmm. like to to go over there is like wild. But what you're saying is it's really not. It's it's all one. Right. And in both, in both and science both. and spirituality mm-hmm. and academia, there's dogma in both. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I have a, a dear friend who's part of my sisterhood and um, she's she's she calls herself an atheist and, you know, is at, you know, science is, she lives and breathes by science and reason. And I just mm-hmm. say, well, you know, just make sure you don't make science a religion, you know, because there's as much dogma in this, in the academic and scientific realms as there is, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in spiritual and religious uh, belief systems. Yeah. So mm-hmm. And it could be comfort zones, right? If if you've mm-hmm, yeah. never experienced something yeah. before, you don't know what it feels like. So, yeah. but uh, that's why these conversations are so good because we can talk yes. about it. I know one of the questions I had posited to you that led mm-hmm. to something else I wanted to ask you about was this idea, because I think there are a lot of people who listen to Mystical Sisterhood who are pivoting um, mm-hmm. midlife to... Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they've stayed at home. Maybe they've been in this one career and feel burnout. Maybe they're just uh, starting to open up to, gee, what is my passion and purpose? Mm-hmm. But um, are you a believer in pivoting at midlife? Um, how do you feel about that? <laughs> well, you know, that was my path. That's my story. <laughs> it's kind of a so, setup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, 
you know, when people ask me, you know, is this possible? It's like, well, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, um, and not only is it possible, I truly believe that if, if you, whatever you pursue, if you do it with awareness and, you know, I mean, my work is all about finding your authentic path and that can look different at different points in life. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I made my change from, you know, science and administration and public policy to coaching at 52 Mm -hmm. and I'm starting my 20th year in coaching. So it's amazing. Yes. So you're, Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm a big believer in, in following your heart. Again, it's a rear view mirror wisdom. I didn't start out saying I'm going to follow my heart. Uh, I just followed my inclinations and I tell people, follow your inclination. If you have this yearning, mm-hmm. um, to me, that's your heart's calling Yes, and just allow it. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to second guess it or wonder, or, you know, um, market test it or yeah, mm-hmm. anything else. If, if it is genuinely calling to you, it, it doesn't matter if anyone's done it before. It doesn't matter. In fact, I, I think I may have told you that story about um, when I was going through graduate school, you know, anytime you're in school, people are always asking you, what are you going to do when you get out? Mm-hmm. Um, and for three years, I just told people, I said, well, I'm preparing myself for a job that doesn't exist. This was long before anybody was talking about manifestation right. or anything. It was not in my consciousness at all. It was just something I was saying. I said, well, I'm preparing myself for a job that doesn't exist. Um, I want to be a wetlands ecologist for the Department of Ecology. And at the end of that three years, I, I wrote a letter to the Department of Ecology. And I said, hey, if you're looking for a wetlands ecologist now or in the future, please give me a call. And two weeks later, I got a phone call that said, well, as a matter of fact, we're starting up a brand new wetlands program. And the first thing we need to do is hire a wetlands (laughs) ecologist. And so I just walked into the job of my dreams. And I didn't get it at that point that that's how it works. That's actually, I believe, how it works. Yes, That we set an intention and it's a pure intention. Mm-hmm. And then all we don't have to figure out how it's going to come together. All we're responsible for doing is taking the actions that only we can take. Yes. Yes. I love the story. I love and, and I and you know, you told me the <laughs> other day too about how a little bit of that got seeded. And again, I was blown away by your age when like the stage in life, I should say, not your age, when you told me that you read the works of Anis Nin. Mm, And mm -hmm. you said that I think it was like bringing dreams into reality. So something even then was sparking inside of you too. Yeah, that was back in my late teens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of my college roommates uh, introduced me to her diaries. And that was really, I think, the beginning. Okay, yeah. I mean, other than my, you know, my, my childhood upbringing, but that, that idea that we could bring our dreams mm-hmm. into our waking life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was focused a lot on psychoanalysis, yeah. but she also did, you know, she, she dressed her dreams. She painted her rooms according to her dreams. She dreamed of living on a houseboat and she created that as a, a period in her life. And I, mm-hmm. it just, it had a huge impact on me. And I, um, just in little ways like that, I would consciously create my life. And, yeah. you know, that was sort of my looking oh, back. Yes. <laughs> oh, and I even looked at you and I thought like, oh, for sure, you've lived in the Denver area for such a long time. And <laughs> I asked you one day and you're like, nah, I haven't been there that long. And, <laughs> but I I didn't know that that shift that you had created for yourself, it was the job before the move. But then the move, and I just know what magical uh, kind of worlds were opened just from, you know, you being in the business group with Kelly. And um, and I wholeheartedly, I, I want the audience to hear that because I know 
that you always were attracting clients through there. You've, uh, you know, when we did our work together, mm-hmm. you often, I think that you used to refer to it as baby steps. Mm-hmm. Was that right? Yeah. And just that idea of putting those dreams into reality, speaking them into reality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and backing them up with the aligned action. And I think right. that that's a super important part of it. And that's it, one that I revisit with myself all the time. It is. I mean, yeah. vision boards are incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. And if all you do is create a vision board and stick it up on your wall and then just kind of say, well, I wonder why it's not yeah. happening, you mm-hmm. know, but we don't have to, that. and the thing is, and Mike Dooley says this so well um, in all of his books, it's, um, it's just, it's, it's take, we don't have to figure out all the house. He calls them the cursed house. Yeah. All we have to do is take action in the general direction of our dreams and, and the rest will come together. I love it. And I've yeah. seen it again and again and again. Super yeah. Important. And actually yeah. it was, it was in my former job that uh, I, I was brought to coaching mm-hmm. when I was, um, uh, I was asked to move and from directing the toxics cleanup program to taking over the air quality program. And then, and I agreed. And in doing that, I apologies to anyone who's listening to this, who might've been on my management team, but I inherited a pretty dysfunctional <laughs> management team um, as did my counterpart at the federal uh, environmental protection agency, who was our oversight agency but she had come from EPA's Office of Innovation and she knew about coaching. And she suggested that we hire a team of coaches and, and work with our to work with our teams independently and then bring them together once they had a common language. And I had always been interested in personal development and organizational development, but I'll tell you, the transformation that I saw in our organizational culture and the the animosity that those coaches had been greeted with the first time we got together. And then a year later, one of my managers saying to one of the coaches, Catherine, can you stay on the line? I need you. Wow. was like, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, when it, when I got to the point where my, my dream job was no longer my dream job, um, you know, I hired one of those coaches and I spent a year Mm-hmm. with her looking at everything I thought I, I ever thought I might want to do. Wow. And um, mm-hmm. it came down to coaching and it was just another one of those, you know, yeah. rear viewer, yeah. rear view mirror things where mm-hmm. just, I can see how, you know, it all I yeah fit, fit together and, and it was it led does, from one thing to another. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And I think that everything is in that divine timing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I did work around even, you know, I have a gifted friend around purpose and I know that it was mm-hmm. seed, it was seeding, um, who I would become, but I think I wanted, I wanted it at the time to turn into something. Let's even say this is five years ago or something. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, w- I would have a lot of self frustration because I, I couldn't alchemize it. Like, and I think I was probably thinking about it too much. I was exerting too much control about mm-hmm. it. And in that rear view mirror, now I can see, well, no, that occurred at that time on purpose for you. Um, and, and it was um, an element in your path. Mm-hmm. So now I understand that at the time I used to, I've said this before, but I think in my path, um, I stayed home so many years with the kids that I always was feeling it wasn't enough. And I have to say, I just saw, you know, my teacher was Dr. Shafali and she just mm-hmm. did an Instagram video on this the other day. And it, it was just such affirmation for those who make that choice yeah. because there is, I, it's just, that's probably a testament to the shame that can come for any of our choices. Right. And not trusting right. them and not, but now yeah. I can, now I can look and trust. And if anything, it's just like, like a little more aligned action, Maureen, a little bit more. So. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, when we tell these stories, when, you know, we pick out the themes and it sounds like it's all, all was just all one smooth yes. journey, right? right? You know, without any uh, fits and starts and obstacles and bumps and, um, mm-hmm. you know, and 
uh, it hasn't been like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, and I do find, well, a couple things. One, I, I will go through these dark periods where, where I feel lost because mm-hmm. I've always, I don't know why, but I've always been someone who's had not a goal, but some kind of vision of the future yeah. that's evolved. Mm-hmm. And, but there are times when I find myself without that mm-hmm. and I feel lost. And the first time this happened for me in a really big way was actually right before I came to the horses. Okay. Um, and I just felt like I was at the bottom of a dark well. Mm-hmm. And um, I was working with a, a, a friend of mine who is a, a, a shaman and an amazing man. And um, I was telling him this, how completely lost I felt. And he just chuckled. And he said, he said, Mary, you're not going to think your way out of this. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. And, and so what, yeah. Yeah. What do you and, know and, about that now? Or what do you, well, yeah. Well, what I learned about that then is that now I still have those dark periods where, and I don't mean dark necessarily. I, I have also struggled with depression on and off my whole life. But when I say dark, I really just mean like Mm -hmm. black, Mm -hmm. no, no vision, no sense of where next. And like, it's not this, but I don't have a sense of where to go next. Well, that that time really kind of taught me that that darkness is not being lost. It's more like being in the womb. Mm -hmm. It's something's gestating. Okay. Yeah. And it isn't clear what it is yet. So now I can relax more and just know that whatever it is that's gestating Mm -hmm. will eventually make itself known. And, and what you were saying a minute ago, it's when I try to force it Mm -hmm. that I'm so unhappy. Yeah. I've got, I've got that imagery of like trying to fight yourself or way out of that paper bag. Yeah. And that um, it's, it's a remembering of when we get to those places. I appreciate you sharing that because I think, I think that's the human experience and you know, you and I, have learned over the years, the things that we reach for to bring that vibration higher. Mm -hmm. And that's not always possible to access when we're lower, but, um, that, that what you're sharing is, is, is the human experience, whatever form that comes for people. And we all are human. Yeah. So, right. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's hard to see that things are for us at times, but we, you know, often need to get through that, that darkness or the density to mm-hmm. get to the light yeah, again. That's a good word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So you said that was a dark period before you got into your work with horses. Mm-hmm. First of all, that was, we've already had this amazing conversation about the work that you do and just the parts of your life are here to be shared and when I reached out to you just a few weeks ago, it was the horses I was thinking about mm-hmm. too. So there's mm-hmm. just, it is the both and everything that you're sharing today, which I'm so excited about, <laughs> but I'm utterly fascinated by the work that you do with horses. So mm. Mary, how did you get into this work and where would you begin? Oh gosh. Well, that was actually another very mystical experience. Um I was in that period of, I don't know what's next. And I had had a series of experiences of guided meditations where the animals were calling. I was not busy telling my friends, the animals are calling me because I thought somebody <laughs> would put me in a straight jacket. You know, it's like, what do you mean? The animals are calling you. And they were saying, we need you, we need you. And I would be in conversation with them. And I'd say, well, what do you mean? Like, uh, save your habitat? Like, no, that's important, but that's not it. Mm-hmm. Okay, like SPCA. No, that's important, but that's not it. Okay, like animal communication. Finding no, that's important, but that's not it. And finally, what they said was, um, "No, we have wisdom. 
that your kind need. And you get us. Mm -hmm. We're going to speak through you. It's not about you. No, it's not you adding something. It's you just being the, the vehicle for our wisdom to come through like oh great what so do you're I do the, with that yeah what? you're the conduit but you what don't do know t- yeah you don't what do I do with that what, right yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um um I had gotten reintroduced to horses it just so happens that my my grandfather my great-grandfather were harness makers and my dad raised me to love horses even so it, we, it it just so happened it just, so just happened. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> so my dad raised me to love horses but we lived in Chicago mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unless you belong to a country club, really, and we we didn't, um, that's, that's how I would have ridden horses. And so I, you know, had a few experiences at summer camp of riding horses, but I never really got to be with horses. And then my first coaching partner bred horses. And, um, and so I got to be present for the births of the horses and got to be around them and um but I still didn't put that together with my work or mm-hmm. or this these messages I was getting and um so my coach at the time had just had a miscarriage and she was telling me that she was working with a somatic coach to process that experience and I thought somatic coaching that's interesting I wonder what that's about so I google somatic coaching and up comes Ariana Strozzi at Sky Horse Ranch she's a biologist Mm. she's a horsewoman Mm -hmm. and she has um found that uh horses are incredible coaching partners in personal development and that they have wisdom Mm-hmm. to share mm-hmm. with people. And I felt like I was at a slot machine and, you know, had just pulled the arm down and it came up cherries. It's like, yeah. you know, so I right. called her and I said, you know, okay, this is going to sound weird, but the animals are calling me. And she said, well, that doesn't sound weird to me. The animals are calling a lot of people right now. And I said, okay. And I said, well, could I come down to the ranch, you know, and just explore this with you? And I did. And I hope this isn't too long a story, but it's, um, so I got down there and the first day she told me the sort of rules of engagement, which was, you can't be mean to the horses and you have to say whatever it is you're thinking, because the horses demand that whatever's going on inside be wow. apparent on the outside. Yeah. You don't, you don't, they, they demand authenticity. They they require that you be congruent inside and outside. So, so what would be an example of that? That um, if you're scared, say you're scared. Mm-hmm. If you're mm-hmm. sad, say you're sad. Don't mm-hmm. try to pretend because to a horse, they don't have any judgment. If you're scared, you're scared. That's okay. They understand fear. That's amazing. So, what they don't, what they yeah. can, what's dangerous mm-hmm. is if you're pretending because mm-hmm. a predator pretends. Mm-hmm. And so any, if you're pretending you're dangerous and they would just as soon not be with you. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're also very, um, they're incredibly perceptive. I mean, they can read us like a book because they, you know, their survival requires on being able Mm -hmm. to read the energy and Mm -hmm. the intention Mm -hmm. of other beings. And they're also very opinionated. They're not in a judgmental way, but they have, they have opinions. And if you pause and slow down and actually tune in and listen, Mm -hmm. they will, they will absolutely tell you what they think through, um, through their actions. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to explain. It's not like Ouija horse that this, it means that. Right. Right. Um, But in context, it's so clear. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, do the horses pick the individuals to do this work? I mean, you were getting the messages that you had, you didn't decode yet, but like, and do you see the qualities of the horses you're describing? Do you see any similarities to the way you see the world? 
Um, well, in terms of who chooses who, you know, I, I well, I don't know about um, in personal development whether the, um, well, when we're operating in a personal development situation, if there's more than one horse, we like to have, you know, whatever horse wants to work with the person come forward, volunteer. Okay. And, and if there's only one horse and the horse isn't interested, then it's a no, thank you. You know, and mm-hmm. we just don't, um, mm-hmm. in the bigger context, I think that one of the reasons that ho- that makes horses so special to me, at least is that these are wild beings. I mean, we, we do have domestic horses, but you know, they are originally wild beings and somewhere in our history together mm-hmm. a horse decided that a human was worth partnering with partnering with yeah mm-hmm. i mean there are other equines zebras don't you don't domesticate a zebra zebras mm-hmm. have absolutely no desire to partner <laughs> with a human being <laughs> but for whatever reason yes horses i do believe have chosen us oh wow um, you were talking about when we were talking last week about this, about their biology and mm-hmm. the science, some of the science roughly mm-hmm. that's been done around their hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a, a group called the Hearth Math, Heart Math Institute that, mm-hmm. um, and they don't just look at horses. I mean, it's mainly looking at humans and, um, they've done a lot of really excellent science and found that um the the electromagnetic um generation of the heart is much more powerful than the brain mm-hmm. that there's more um messages going from the heart to the brain than from the brain to the heart that's for the horses it, or for for no for humans for humans yeah for humans mm-hmm. and and horses and um so that um, and the, and I'm not a, I'm not a heart math expert. Let me just say that right now, but my, how I understand it is that, um, one of the aims of heart math is to bring our hearts into a coherent rhythm because, uh, there's a certain rhythm that brings about is associated with calm and joy and well-being, lowered heart rate, um, increased endorphins, all kinds of things. Well, <clears throat> it so happens that um, the the human heart um, can be measured about eight or ten feet all the way around us. A horse's heart energy, electromagnetic energy, if you hook them up to an EKG, um, is about five times ours. Mm. Wow. And horses just so happen to um, have a congruent heart rhythm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So imagine when you put, you know, imagine a human standing next to a horse. We're really standing heart to heart. Mm-hmm. And there's this enormously powerful heart energy that is in this congruent rhythm. Yes. And when humans come in contact with that rhythm, we tend to be, we are influenced by it. Mm-hmm. And I've so many times, and I, before I knew about heart math, I would always just be amazed because I've seen men and women walk into a round pen with a horse and tears start yeah. flowing from their eyes. Or It's just like this heart opening. So there's that in terms of, you know, what makes them great learning partners is just getting us out of our heads Mm -hmm. and into our hearts. I always say that for the first 40 years of my life, I lived from the head up. It was all Mm -hmm. the reward was all in having the right answer and using your powerful brain and all that. And that coaching got me into my heart. It got me in, mm-hmm. in dialogue with my mm-hmm. heart to actually, mm-hmm. where it was actually something that I could say, okay, tell me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I could yes. listen. Yeah. It was the horses that got me into my entire body as a place of wisdom. 
Yeah. That's amazing that they taught you. <laughs> right. And, and they're somatic beings. I mean, they mm-hmm. experience the world with their entire yeah. being. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that you, you learn if you train to work partner with them in, um, in any kind of human development, you, you mentioned equine therapy, um, it, the horses are the same, no matter what the modality, the horses just are who they are. And the wonderful thing about it is that um, in partnering with them, you can take it into any domain, yes. whether it's horsemanship or um, psychology, um, therapy, uh, even physical healing, hippotherapy, or coaching. Mm. And the particular um, brand of training that I had was called equine guided education, um, where the horse is the guide. The horse is not a tool. The horse is a partner and not just a partner, the guide, Mm -hmm. um, where you really look to them for, for, for their insight. Okay. Yeah. Would you be able to break down for me and the listener? Um, like who, who comes to you to then engage in the equine guided therapy and what is it, what does it look like when you're actually working in a session? Um, really the same people who would come to you for coaching, anyone who's interested in personal or spiritual development. Mm-hmm. Um, now let me just say, I wish I were offering it right now. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I, offered it until we moved here to Colorado. Um, and I hope to do it again, starting in 2024. Mm-hmm. And it looks like any other coaching session, except that um, the, the uh, client is in an enclosure with a horse with a little bit of training in how to be safe around a horse and how to, and, and that's also, you know, I'm looking out yeah. to make mm-hmm. sure that that, that person is safe. I'm trained to know when the, you know, the horse is concerned. Um, and you know, when it could, um, when there could be a safety issue, Mm -hmm. um, although it's, it's rarely anything dramatic, Mm -hmm. but, um, and so it's really a three-way conversation. The, The horse is there for the client, the horse is there with me and, um, you would ask the same questions that you would ask in a, in a coaching session, what the person it, you know, wants to work on. Yeah. And, and there's just an exchange and the horse has a lot of different responses to the conversation. And I really think that what they're tuning into is the, the energy and the Mm -hmm. intention and Mm -hmm. the emotion and the feeling and I do have to say, though, that there are times when I'm, I just have to say, they understand what we're saying. Yes. <laughs> they, they understand exactly what we're saying. I mean, they speak English. I don't know how they do yes, it. But it's they amazing. speak whatever language, where yes. they, whatever it is, they understand what we're talking about and more. Wow. Um, and yeah. Mm, mm, so, And that's why they're so valuable because they pick up on stuff that a client might not reveal to me in a coaching conversation for months. It might take us weeks to really get to what's really going on for them. A horse just cuts right through it. And, and humans tend to respond. I think it's partly this, the heart math aspect of things, but also, you know, the whole archetype of the horses, they're beautiful. They're powerful. They're fast. They're graceful um they're soft they're beautiful they're yummy and who who doesn't want the horse to be accepted by a horse and have them come up and yeah. you know mm-hmm. um and so and the only way you're going to get that from a horse is if you are authentic yes yes and i always say horses have laser bullshit detectors you oh, cannot fool them and so and they don't have any judgment. They just want you to be real. They don't care what it is. They just want you to be real about whatever it is. Yes. And so, so 
people respond by just dropping their mask and getting to the heart of the matter so much faster than they would without yeah. the presence. It, I can just through your description and teaching around this, I can really hear that, um, that people, um, because they can visually see like, as if we're just meeting human to human, person to person, and we're not ready to reveal yet, the other person will say, mm-hmm. okay, you know, we'll afford you some time and how many sessions it takes you to feel safe or, yeah, you know, right. have, yeah. what have you, but I, I could hear that like uh, the client in this situation, they drop into the heart space mm-hmm. really, really mm-hmm. quickly. And it, mm-hmm. I can't, I, it's a resonance and a coherence and yeah. very amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they do have an uncanny sense for actual um, circumstances that are going on in a person's life that are not present in the they're not space spoken. they're not right. at the time mm-hmm. um, I think I, I may have shared with you about the client who asked me to come and work with her with her horses about her business she had a business decision there was a colleague who wanted to go into business with her and she and that's how she presented it to me was as a decision well horses are really great when you're when you're at a choice point um, to partner with them, because again, you know, we tend to make decisions on what we think we should do or what we're afraid of, or, you know, all these other different things. And, and to deliberate in the presence of a horse is to get really clear on what it is your heart is calling you to do. In this case, it went into a whole different realm, which is, you know, she's, I, I have to make this decision about my business. And she, she had two horses and she wanted to work with both of them. And um, one was to her left and one was to her right. One was a buckskin and he was just there, steady Eddie holding the space. And the horse to her left was a bay. And So she's talking to me about her business and the choices that she has to make. And I'm asking her questions about this and that. And and the buckskin is just standing there while the bay is pulling the scrunchie (laughs) out of her hair and pulling on her, (laughs) undressing her in front of me. Very (laughs) intimate. Yeah, very intimate, very intimate. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, wow, okay. And again, it's not Ouija horse. So I say, you know, what's going on with your bay horse oh he's just mouthy and I said well over here kind of looks like he's undressing you <laughs> and she it was like okay now what she's willing to share is that this business decision that she's working through is actually a romantic decision mm. and it's about whether to leave the buckskin who represents her husband for the business associate who wants to (sighs) be in a romantic relationship with her. (laughs) Well, she had no intention of sharing that with me. That's incredible. She just wanted, you know, she was making it about a business decision and I was taking that at face value. And, but in the presence of the horse, it's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I can't explain to you how that came about that's incredible it's a mystery that's that's why this i know this is part because we've never really talked deeply about your work with the horses and they're but that's the magical aspect of it is just there's some deep knowing and intuition and they will do whatever it takes to somehow express reflect to you what the real issue is. I love it. And it's just staggering. Uh, Right. Because you were saying the thing about zebras, but you said the other day, no one's domesticated them. So there is a magic here and doing the full circle to our puzzle pieces. The horses certainly get a few. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, Who knows how it works, but I know, I know. know, That's a mystery. And and that's it to me. It's okay that it's a mystery. It's, it's a magical experience to witness and be a part of. Yeah. Kind of as we, we finish up today, 
what is it that you feel when you finish the se- session for the, for the most part with the horses? Like, is your heart so full? Oh, yeah. Do you just feel oh, just it's otherworldly? Mm-hmm. 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 Gratitude. Um, just that I, that I've just experienced that it's just sort of a one in once in a lifetime kind of experience and they're never the same. Mm-hmm. And I think the other is just before a session, I always, you know, I have a little anxiety, you know, I hope, I hope it all comes together. And all you have to do is just trust and be open and just step back. And, you know, the horse has got this. It's like, you know, all. Absolutely. And for the time um, that you've, that you've had to take off or have taken off, I'm, I'm sure you miss it. I do. Yeah, I do. It's, it's very, very special. And, and I just wish everyone uh, could experience it. Oh, me too. I know. I, yeah, it's, it sounds magical and it's on my, I don't always (laughs) use the word bucket list, but I'm going to put it on that list for sure. There you go. Um, as we finish up today, Mary, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience or that comes to mind for you? I guess just that, um, what I, what I see as sort of my, what my role in terms of my path is to just be an ally with people to discover our infinite creative power that, mm-hmm. that, that for me, it's one of the great lessons that we get to learn here in earth school is um, how very powerful mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like a neophyte. I feel like a, a kindergarten in this <laughs> regard in terms yes. of really understanding how energy, how to harness energy and, mm-hmm. you know, but th- this idea that we are divine beings, that we are powerful creators, yeah. that that's what, you know, that's one of the things there is to explore is really how, how infinite our possibility is that there really are, are no limits. If, Mm -hmm. if, um, if we're willing to do the work uh, Mm -hmm. and, and take the action and all, all the rest um, that, that we're just incredibly um, powerful and that there's really so much more that's available to us than than we normally yeah. al- allow ourselves to believe. Oh, I think that's true. And I, and I'm grateful for your ability to be such a clear channel for that message. That's, I really, I, I do think you, you really um, say it so clearly uh, that it just, I don't know, it rings true to my ears and it's so full of possibility and hope for what, what is to come in our lives. I mean, the shifts that you've taken in the last 20 years, is just like, it's, it's all so incredible. And you're only just beginning. (laughs) That's right. And the shifts I get to see and what other. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. um, And I was good before you share where to find you is that I really appreciate your sense of playfulness too. And I think that that's (laughs) when we can open ourselves up to that conversation and that field of infinite possibilities, it becomes the playground and it becomes, I think Heather Hansen said the sandbox and just a place to play because it's so important to bring in those elements to that, that light and the levity. And yes, it's Uh, it's another gift of Mike Dooley is he's so playful. Yes. Yeah. I'll definitely put a yeah. link to his work in the show notes because I Great. love him and yeah. his notes from the universe from yes. Tut. So yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mary, um, where can listeners find you? Maryberg.com. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes. Um, great. Thank you so thank much you. for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Maureen. It's You're welcome. Yeah. I, I uh, love to be with you. Yes, me too. And <laughs> thank you to the listeners for being here. If you know of anyone who would benefit from this episode, please share. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Mystical Sisterhood. If you love what you heard, please visit Apple Podcasts and subscribe and leave a review and share with a friend if you're called to do so. To learn more about my one-on-one coaching programs or join the Mystical Sisterhood membership, visit maureenspielman.com or mysticalsisterhood.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode.